Good evening. Welcome to this evening's service, and we welcome our online viewers as well tonight uh, on this very last day of 2023. That's hard to believe, is it? Time just seems to march on. Let's all stand. Let's ask the Lord to, to help us in this service tonight. It's been good to have Heidi around here for a little bit, so Heidi, would you lead us in prayer for service? Our time together tonight. May our hearts be open to your voice, and may we worship you with pure hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. All right, I'm going to start with a Christmas song tonight, and then uh, we'll let you choose the rest of them. And you can feel free to choose. I have three options up here, and you have three options back there. So whatever you would like to choose this evening and try to mix in a couple of testimonies or so. All right, let's start with number six in our, cor our Christmas books, number six. Came upon the midnight clear. I don't know. I don't know if it was midnight. I don't know if it was clear that night. We don't know, but I sure like this song. All right, let's sing it. Came upon the midnight clear. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious soul From angels standing near the earth Who touched their hearts of gold He sought the earth 
someone with a praise or someone with a song tonight. Twenty-three? All right. Twenty-three. O come, O come, Emmanuel. <clears throat>
someone else tonight. 33, all right, 33, the birthday of the king. humble place that was, but oh, how much we received on that day. And the second verse says, from the manger bed, what a path has led, what a perfect holy way. Amen. I'm glad that we can walk in the way that Jesus walked. I'm glad we can be like him. Amen. All right. Anyone with praise? Prayer this year and looking forward to his guidance next year. Amen. Amen. Good. Good. All right, let's sing 13. And let's stand while we sing 13. If you would, change our positions a little bit. All right, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I
you may be seated. I really like the words of that song. And, you know, as long as the world revolves from day to night, the wrong shall fail, the right will prevail in the end. Amen. All right, anyone else with a praise? so good to me. I'm so glad he got a hold of me when he did and saved me. And he led me on the holiness. Yes. There's a lot of things I don't know, don't understand, but I'm so glad we can trust in him. Amen. Good. Good. All right. Thank you for your singing and for your testimony. All right. As we go to prayer tonight, um, Remember those from our church congregation that are, are sick, either with cold or some other situations that are going on. Just pray the Lord would continue to work and touch and help. And I know that some would be here tonight, but they're just not feeling well. So let's remember Pastor Brenizer, Sister Naomi. Um, while I was over visiting with my neighbor, I mentioned this morning about Jim that has cancer. Uh, he said his wife is very sick now in bed. Not sure what's wrong with her, but I just ask you to remember them in prayer. Let's remember the outreach uh, this evening downstairs, and those that are involved in that and all the families that have been reached to. you have any outspoken requests on your hearts? Ellie? Stephen. Stephen. All right. Let's continue to remember Stephen in prayer. God will get a hold of his heart. Amen. Anything else? All right. Let's remember Sister Hoffman in prayer. Unspoken request, I'm sure, other burdens and needs. So um, let's, everyone that can, let's uh, kneel tonight and uh, ask everybody just to kind of pray out and, and join in with us. But Brother Ed Schultz, you lead us. Draw us nearer, 
All right, ushers, will you come? We'll come to you for the regular tithes and offering. Brother Lance, could you help us again, please, tonight? And Brother John Stolfus, you pray over the offering, please. For that offertory. He's worthy of our worship, isn't he? Praise the Lord. I'm going to testify tonight and thank the Lord for uh, an answer. Did you ever have a little blip prayer that you had to pray in a hurry? And uh, God came through and answered. I was just, uh, just today, I just said, Lord, you prepare the door, you prepare the way. And my wife made up two big dinners and I took them to the neighbors, carried them to the neighbors. And when I got there, a fellow came to the door. He said, I was just getting ready to heat myself up some soup. And uh, I said, well, now you don't have to. It's all warm and handed to him. And, and uh, I just, a little prayer on the blip. So I said, thank you, Lord, you did that. I was, I was driving, you, you did that. And sometimes that happens. Um, and we thank God. He's, he's on the throne. And he's answering prayer. And uh, he's opening doors and ministering to hearts. Isn't that wonderful? 
He's still alive. God's still alive. Amen. He's still saving. And uh, if you think about all the many years ago when Jesus came as a babe, lived on this earth, ministered on this earth, died on the cross, rose from the grave. We think about that tonight. But you know what, folks? He's still alive, very much alive, very well, and answering prayer today. Amen. Thank him for it. Thank him for it. All right. We have a special number and song by the Seelies. God bless Seelies. we were on and they were talking about it being communion tonight and I had just heard this song as we were listening to some music and I thought how fitting it was for tonight just a reminder of why he came for us and I'm so thankful that he came to save us to shield us from the blame of our sins to wash them away I'm so thankful for that tonight tiny crowded town raised in Nazareth a king without a crown he sat with sinners the lowly and the lame some didn't understand but he was not ashamed isn't that why he came a poor lost world to save to carry all our shame and heal the hurt away bring hope to the hopeless shield them from the blame oh, isn't that and abuse Only heaven knows the things that he's been through It would have been easier to turn and walk away But Calvary compels our hearts to stay Isn't that why he poor lost world to save, to carry all our shame and heal the hurt strong and for the weak. 
Praise the Lord. That is why he came, isn't it? Praise his name. Thank you, Seelies. God bless them. All right. Well, we've uh, asked Brother Wise to help us out uh, tonight, and he consented to do so, so he's going to come share with us. We, in a little while, we'll uh, invite you to gather up around the altar, front seats, and then the, we'll leave an empty row there, and then the third seat um, for uh, communion. We'll just kind of do every other row uh, back, and uh, you just... If you're serving God, walking with God, living for him with all of your heart, and you just want to keep going that direction, he asks us. He asks us to do this in remembrance of him. And uh, it just it never gets old to me. It doesn't get old. It's fresh uh, when you consider. And I like that song tonight. It, this is why he came. This is the reason for all this, that he might save us and change us and make us into uh, a person that will give honor back to him. And that's what we want to do tonight. So God bless Brother Wise as he comes and shares with us. I'm not sure about the preaching part yet, but uh, yesterday Brother Spangler called me and because of the Christmas holiday and not working earlier in the week, I was actually working yesterday and I was on the job site and uh, he told me about the situation and I consented to do it. And uh, I had a lot of time after that as I was working. And, you know, for me, maybe not for everybody, but for me as a pastor in my ministry, it seems like oftentimes the Lord has helped me while I'm at work and enabled me to come up with messages at work. So probably within 10, 15 minutes of praying and seeking the Lord, I felt like the Lord led me to a couple of passages. So if you would turn with me in your Bibles and stand to Romans 5, and then we're going to look at Hebrews 13, Romans 5, Hebrews 13. I played a lot of sports when I was younger. That was kind of my God, I think. Um, and uh, one of the things I learned there is as a coach, and I, I would coach young people, as a coach, you just tell people not necessarily something that's profound that they don't know, but you encourage them to, to remember and do what they know to do. So tonight, I don't know that I will say anything super profound, but I want to do my best to encourage you as we go into 2024 to lay hold again afresh and anew of some concepts that have become real to you and I believe are very dear to your heart. Romans 5. Romans 5, verse number 6, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. 
But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know, when I'm preaching, sometimes, well, before I'm preaching, I end up preaching on phrases. It seems like when I'm trying to get the mind of God, oftentimes a phrase will just jump off the page at me. And when I felt led to this passage, I read there in verse 10, we shall be saved, or much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Friends, there's a lot of truth there. There's something about that that if we can just lay hold of, I believe it will bless us. So keep a finger there. Turn over to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 tells us in verse number 12, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without or outside the gate. Let us go, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Let's pray. Father, we ask your blessing upon this time. We thank you for the good atmosphere. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you. And, Father, we thank you tonight that we can partake of the Lord's Supper. Lord, with these few thoughts that you brought to our minds tonight, we pray that you would speak through us, give us that gracious anointing that makes preaching effective, Lord. And, Father, we do pray once again your presence, Lord, would come down if there be needy hearts here tonight that anew and afresh we would lay hold upon the gospel promises of victory. We commit it into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I will give you a blessing tonight, and I will tell you that this is not a watch night service, so I don't have to preach till 12 tonight. Uh, just kind of a short little devotional, so I don't have four, five, or six points. I've got two points, and all the Lord's people said amen. Point number one, dying for rascals. Dying for rascals. You know, I think in our society, people would much rather be called a rascal than a sinner. Now, I am sure there are people that would be very much offended if you looked them in the eye and said, I think you're a rascal. But probably most of them are rascals. And we know there are a lot of sinners out there, don't we? You know, the Word of God doesn't hold anything back, does it? It's very politically incorrect. And uh, right here in this passage that I read out of Romans, it said that we were without strength. We were ungodly. We were sinners. We were enemies of God. In fact, he had to save us from his wrath. You know, I'm convinced as I pastor and I interact with people, whether it be as a pastor, I mean, I pastor all the time, but sometimes in the role of a worker and, and uh, different fellows that I interact with, customers sometimes, and just being in this crazy world in which we live, people do not have a biblical worldview like your grandma used to have or your great-grandpa used to have or probably you and I were raised with. 
they don't think in terms of right and wrong. They don't think in terms of a good God. They don't think in terms of heaven. They don't think in terms of hell. And we really, really have to work with them. And we need the mind of God. We need wisdom. We need tenderness. We need boldness. We need the whole package because it's tough out there to, to get their attention and get them to think in a biblical fashion. But we've got to get to a place where people understand that they're not just having a bad day, they're lost, and they're under the wrath of God. Now, God loves them. We've got to balance that. He loves them. He loved them so much, he said his son, but he really isn't too happy about their sin because they're rebels, they're enemies, uh, they're ungodly. And you know, that's why I think the, the greater evangelical church has become so weak and there's so many problems. I love all truly born-again people. May not agree with them on every little jot and tittle of doctrine, but thank God for a really transformed life. But we're seeing less and less of that across the board. And I think probably it goes along with this idea that they don't have a biblical concept of God. They don't have a biblical concept of their sin. They don't really feel in their heart that they're lost. But I'm trusting tonight as I'm looking at people that are giving it their all for the Lord that there is a point in your life where you may have been raised in a Christian home, you may not have been raised in a Christian home, you may have been raised in a home like my home that I call semi-evangelical with some influences, maybe not the best, but wherever we were, if you know the Lord tonight, there was a point in your life where you sensed that you were lost. That you sensed that you, if you died, you would not go to heaven, you'd go to that very bad place called hell. And you know, that's not a very pleasant place situation to be in. It doesn't feel very good, but thank God that's how God begins to work on us. And if we follow through, God can bring us to a place where we get out from under the wrath of God and the condemnation brings us into a real saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, that's what I long to see in our little church, in this church, in our conference, really any real evangelical church. I long to see the day when we're seeing people come again to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All things are passed away and all things become new. That's what we need. Well, preacher, are you seeing it? Not the way I'd like to, but I'm not giving up. I don't believe you're giving up. We got to hang in there, friends. We got to encourage each other. It's a dark day. It's a crazy day. But if we hold fast and we hold true, I believe God will give us a harvest and it comes through being justified by his blood. We're taking the Lord's Supper tonight. We're remembering the shed blood and the broken body. And it tells us here in verse 9 that we are justified by his blood. It wasn't our own righteousness. It wasn't our own efforts. It was that shed blood. Yes, we needed to repent. Yes, we needed to believe on that blood. But thank God for the blood tonight. Okay, point number one, dying for rascals. Point number two, living through rascals. He didn't just die for you. He wants to get a hold of you. Come on the inside. C.T. Studd, that famous missionary of 100 years ago, 
I read his biography as a young Christian, made a huge impact upon me. When he was an older man, Brother Spangler in his 50s, an older man, I say, he, uh, he was asked after spending years in China and India as a missionary, his body was broken. Somebody asked him, why are you going to Africa? He said, because I have a deep desire to see God walking around in black bodies. Wow. You know, think about that. That's not an effect. I mean, he basically said, I want to see them saved and full of the Spirit of Christ. I want to see them transformed the way I've seen people in China and India and my native England. Thank God for that transforming power of the gospel. It says we're saved by his life. That's the phrase that got me. I just kept chewing on that. I kept thinking about that. I thought, Lord, does that mean what I think it means? And I, I, unless I'm totally off, I think the implication is, as Paul said in Colossians 1.27, Christ in us, the hope of glory. The old Methodist would say, and they've been Samuel Chadwick, he said, you know, as much as we need Jesus dying on the cross, and there is no salvation without that, for us personally, it's not just his dying on the cross, it's him living in us. That's our hope of glory. We have to have him live his life through us. Tells us here about not only does he justify us by his blood, but in Hebrews 13, 12, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. He suffered outside the gate. He went outside the camp. He died on the cross, if you will, not just to save us, but to sanctify us and fill us with the Spirit of God so he can live through us. What an awesome concept that is. You know, him going outside the camp, in a sense, was... It was humiliating. The cross itself was humiliating. And yet he asked us to take up our cross. And Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Tells us in Romans 6, if we're buried with Christ in his death, we can be raised up with him in his resurrection. There's something there about the death. He doesn't want us to pick up a physical cross. There's folks in Berwick every once in a while. I think they're sincere. I don't know if they know the Lord or not. But Easter time, they'll get a big old cross and they'll carry that cross all around Berwick. That's not what the Lord wants. But you know what he wants? That cross represents a dying to our own plans a dying to our own preferences, a dying to even good things. You know, in conversion and salvation, we turn away from what we know to be wrong. In seeking to be sanctified, we yield even to good things that may be standing in the way of knowing God the way he wants us to know him. Leonard Ravenhill, the old preacher, said, a lot of people come to the cross, and that's good, but we see fewer actually get on the cross with Jesus. Friends, tonight, I don't know where you are, but this is a good time to get on the cross. <laughs> it's a crazy world. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think, you know, even guys that don't even know the Lord, guys I work with, guys I interact with, they know something's happening in the world. They know that we're heading to some sort of crisis, it would seem, and they're starting to think about things of God, eternity and good and evil and all of that, and they need to see us be real Christians. 
They need to see us shining with the light of the gospel. And you know, the only way we can really do that is if we let Jesus take full control. Thank God for transforming power of salvation. You come to Christ and you get really saved. Spirit comes on the inside. But we need that spirit that makes us a new creation, new creature to fill us and to cleanse our hearts and to enable us to live with holiness and power the way God would have us to live. I'll close with this thought. Well, I'll just say this. That's why Paul was able to say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He didn't lose his will. He didn't lose his personality, but the Lord by his spirit was able to, to purify his personality to live the way he was intended to live. A number of years ago, maybe five, six, seven, it was one of the times that the Beavertown Church had Adam Buckler there for revival. And uh, I, I do love Brother Buckler's preaching. And we drove the hour and 20 minutes down there. And uh, he preached on holiness from a verse I had never heard anybody preach holiness on before. And it has so impacted me that I, I use it oftentimes in dealing with non-religious or semi-religious people. It says in Luke eleven thirty six, if thy whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. And he talked about some people have some light, they have more light, they have a lot of light, but there are those that have no part dark, and they're full of light. And you know, I don't remember a thing besides that, what he preached. I know it's a good message. He's a tremendous preacher. But that verse over the last five, seven years, whatever it's been, time flies, I thought about it, and I thought, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. God wants to fill us with his presence, by filling us with his presence, he drives out the darkness. Whatever dark is hiding in the corners, he wants to drive it out. All we've got to do is yield and just say, Lord, it's all yours, Lord. So as we go to this tonight, I'll be the coach. I don't know where you are. I don't know your profession. But this is a good time to either get saved, get sanctified, if you feel maybe you're leaking out a little bit, this is a good time to say, Lord, it wasn't intentional, but I'm just getting a little bit lean. And as I take this, I want to get a new grip as we start 2024. Amen. Amen. God wants us full of light. And this dark world needs Christians that are full of light. Lord, help us to be those people. Amen. Thank you, Brother Wise. That was wonderful. Praise the Lord. There is a song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, page number. Um, number 239.
that old song, praise his name. And if we had everything, this world, 
everything. That's not what God wants from us. What he wants is us. What he wants is us. In our life, our soul, everything about us. Praise his name. Praise his name. Well, we've come to this uh, time, a special time, where uh, I just uh, always want to be careful that it never just becomes a ritual in my life, just a formality in my life. And uh, thinking about it throughout the day, the last several days, a couple weeks even, but especially today, throughout the day, and just pausing throughout the day to give the Lord thanks for coming for me. So thankful he came for the world, but I'll tell you, it just means all the difference when you say, Lord, thank you for coming for me. And if you reminisce sometimes and you think back to what you used to be and the the grace of God and the change he can make in a yielded heart, I'm nobody special. I just yielded my heart to him. And when I go out and face the world around me and think about those that are lost and undone and don't know, because many don't know right here in our own area, our own neighborhood. But I want to tell you something. They could be saved just as saved as anybody saved. God doesn't really want anything special from them. He just wants their heart. And that's what he wants from us. And so those that are walking in the fellowship uh, with God who love and exercise charity toward your neighbors, those who truly do uh, earnestly repent of your sin and you Intend to lead day by day a new life, a Christ-centered life, a careful life, a holy life. You're following in the commandments of God and you're walking henceforth in the holy ways. I invite you tonight to draw near with faith and to take this holy sacrament to your comfort. And if there's issues or struggle or difficulty in your life, I would certainly concur with Brother Wise. This, this is time to say, Lord, Help, help. I know it was a little humorous, at least to everybody but myself, but when I told the little story here to the children uh, about David, or excuse me, about Peter sinking, and, uh, but I have thought about that, I think, every day since. I've just thought about that because I, I thought this, Lord, there's a lot of people who, they started out. They started out. And they met well when they started. They wanted to please you when they started. They wanted to serve you with their whole heart. They didn't want to fail. But today I think there's a lot of people that are struggling. And and I'll tell you, folks, the secret to getting delivered from your struggling is to say, Lord, help me. Help me. That's it. Just come to him and ask for his help. And then just walk in the light. Walk in the light, obey him serve him and uh, it's just wonderful that's a wonderful way to live praise the lord i say this every year about this time of the year because i really mean this we have hope because we have him we have hope because we have him and the world has hope and we need to point them to him so tonight i invite you uh, to gather up around the altar those who would kneel around the altar here and then the front seats if you'd like to partake in this Uh, remembering what Jesus suffered and died for us, but yet rose again. You think about him, his body. You think about his blood that was shed for us. Um, If you're you're interested in participating in that, then I invite you to come to the altar, front seats, and then 
leave the second row empty, kneel at the third seat, leave the fourth row empty, kneel at the fifth seat, and so on and so forth. And so I just invite you to come this time and uh, kneel, and we'll have a season of prayer. If you're not able to kneel, we certainly understand. Just uh, be seated on one of these rows. If you don't wish to partake tonight, that's perfectly all right as well. You're welcome to reverently bow in your seats. We do this tonight not as a ritual. We do this tonight because Jesus asked us to. To do this in remembering, thinking, considering, reminiscing what he did for us. There's still room up here at the altar. Anybody wants to come up here if you want to kneel up here these areas or that seat there, that's fine. Right up here, it's fine. I know there's a song that talks about this, but I can't help but really feel this way in my heart. And that is if there was no one else to die for, he would have still died for me. And that's the way I feel because the Bible expresses his love, his love for humanity. And I, I take that personal. And I want us all to take it personal. I want you to know that Jesus died for you. He gave his life for you, shed his blood for you. But I want you to know that, that he's alive for you today. He reigns for you. And we're going to partake in, these, partake in these elements. Before we do, we want to pray a prayer of consecration. Father, thank you so much for grace and mercy extended to us in our lives. Thank you that you loved us so much to provide for our salvation. Thank you for the sending of your son, Jesus, who died to save us. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who invites us to draw near. And we just pray for your guidance in our lives now as we commemorate the passion of our Lord. Help us to remember the cost of our salvation. We were all lost and undone and without hope. We were bound for a devil's hell. But you came, Jesus, you came for us. So help us to commune with thee and with each other. And so consecrate the bread and the wine which is here to partake. And that as we partake of them, could we each one receive the spiritual benefits of Christ's broken body and shed blood. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Just ask you to continue to search your hearts before the Lord. Brother Wise and I will be coming through to distribute the bread which represents his body, and then we'll partake together after it's been distributed. This represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which was given for you. Preserve your soul and body unto everlasting life. 
Consider what he did when he went to the cross. Consider his body that was broken. Consider the suffering that he went through. So much mockery and whippings, ridicule that Jesus suffered before he ever got to the cross. Yet he still did it willingly for us. So as you partake in this bread, be thankful and grateful to him. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. You may partake.
This juice that's prepared represents the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you. May it preserve your soul and body unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful you may partake. And may the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost be among you and remain with you always. Amen. God bless you. Shall we rise? Take your hymnal then. A last, a last and did my Savior bleed? Is that in here?
27. Page number 227. 227. songs that I uh, think a lot of, and uh, they mean a lot to us. And I'm so thankful tonight to know that he loves me. Amen. I know that he loves you. Amen. And you know what keeps me going in this world? I know that he loves people yes. all around us. He loves people. Um, been many, many years ago, my wife and I pastored a, uh, some people out in Ohio. We found them, 
uh, alongside a railroad track in a beat-up trailer, uh, rough as could be. But we became friends, invited him to church, and uh, just got word that she passed away. And uh, I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, it didn't matter where they came from. It made no difference. Made no, they, had no, they had nothing, no food in the house, but it didn't matter. And uh, God died for them. Jesus died for them, just like he did the rich man. It's all about choice. They have choice to make. And we know that he not only loves us, he loves the world around us, our family, our loved ones. So I just tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Remember the words of my grandmother. As long as there's breath, there's hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. I hope to tell it everywhere I go. I have been. Tell it everywhere I go. Because sometimes, you know, we give up too easy. But God's still working. Praise his name. Let's stand together. Otherwise, you come dismiss us. Father, we thank you for your presence tonight. And Father, we just pray that you be with each soul here. You know the battles we face. You know the burdens we carry. Father, we just pray as we start a new year that you would inspire us, Lord, that you would move upon us, Lord, help us to look to you, answer prayer, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.